Yeah, I thought it was only appropriate to start off with uh, some somber music. Uh, this week, we, of course, lost what is considered to be uh, everybody's favorite player uh, this season. If you haven't watched the episode of Survivor, uh, Ghost Island, episode 11, uh, and you don't want to get spoiled, stop it. But uh, we're going to get into this. It's a double episode today of the Film Survivor Podcast. I am your host, Tom Santilli. And, of course, uh, we said goodbye not only to Jenna Bowman this week, but to uh, everybody's favorite uh, player this season, Michael Yerger. Uh, I know. I know it's tough. I know there's a lot of people out there in mourning, and uh, I'm here for you. We're going to talk through this. We're going we're gonna to get through it together, uh, everybody. So, uh, yeah, I mean, let's just, I mean, what is there not to like about Michael? It's kind of annoying in some ways, you know, as another you know, male out there, but the guy just is an absolute, he has everything going for him, and he was, he was likable by everybody, women adored him, loved him, I know my, my readers at realityt.com, uh, that's the main reason they've been watching this season, is just to see Michael, and not necessarily his gameplay, if you know what I mean, so, uh, but he, he's the, the rare player, I wrote about this in my recap, uh, just the rare player that really has it all, if in baseball they call that like a five-tool player, you know, somebody that just has everything that you would want in a player. He had a great social game. He was uh, his strategic uh, prowess is the word I used. Uh, you know, he, he has a really great sense of, of for the game and, and strategy and self-awareness, which is a huge part of Survivor. Uh, he was a physical threat. He dominated challenges and was able to do stuff like that. He was. Uh, tough mentally, you know, he didn't let things get to him, he didn't lose his cool out there, uh, he was well-spoken, he could really articulate things at tribal council, and uh, all of this is even made more impressive by the fact that he's 18 years old when he played the game, uh, and even though he lied about that to everybody, uh, I mean, if there's anybody that's going to ever pull off, you know, being five years older, or lying about being five years older, it's Michael. He just uh, brought it. He's a definite all-star. And, and in fact, if there's one player that I think from this season that will play the game again, it's Michael. Uh, I would say that like unequivocally. Uh, he's just too popular you know, for, for him to not play the game again and too young. So you guys will see Michael again in Survivor. Don't worry about that. But I am sorry that, uh, he, that he's left. Here's the good news, though. If you keep watching Ghost Island, you get to see Michael. Every week, he's going to be on the jury. So you get to stay tuned to the end of the episode, get to see Michael walk out there, and then, of course, he will be at the finale in the final tribal. So uh, your Michael fix is not <laughs> quite done yet. Uh, all of this is not to slight Jenna. Uh, Jenna, Detroit native. Woohoo! Deep down. What's up? That's my little Detroit uh, throw out. But anyway, uh, Jenna, who just was a character this season. Uh, by the way, go watch the Ponderosa videos. If you guys aren't watching this, uh, they have a Ponderosa video right now that is Michael and Jenna together. Ponderosa is, of course, the place where the jury stays, and they put out a little web video each week uh, on you know the, the new people that arrive at Ponderosa. But this week's was really uh, it, funny, and Jenna was hilarious. Uh, her personality in the Ponderosa video came through more than her personality in the entirety of the season. And a lot of it wasn't her fault, though, this season. Jenna was the one player. There's always seems to be one. 
but she just could not could not get, catch a break this season. Every single twist, uh, she came in on, on the minority tribe. She was, of course, on the you know the cursed orange tribe, Malolo. She just couldn't really get a foothold in the game. Uh, she you know also didn't have anybody voting for her, but she was just kind of there, you know. And we didn't really get to see a lot of her. Like we, we they would kind of pipe in with a comment here or there. So it wasn't like a purple edit, as they call it, but it wasn't, you know, we never really, you could kind of tell Jenna wasn't going to win the game just because of how they were presenting her during the game. But then in true form to her, you know, getting slighted and having bad luck this entire game, she uh, is maybe one of the first people, if not one of the few people that uh, gets voted out of the game, has their torch snuffed, and then doesn't get to take that walk of shame uh, out of the game. And as people who watch the Ponderosa videos know, uh, there's instant healing that happens. You know, you, you leave the game, uh, you get to talk about your experience, they meet with the doctor, they meet with the psychologist, and they kind of start the process of decompressing and, and returning to a, a normal state, or as, as normal as it can get after competing on a show like Survivor. She didn't get to do any of that. Uh, she loses her dream, you know, of being in, you know, this million-dollar contest, playing Survivor, 29 days out there, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Yeah, your, you know, tribe has spoken. Oh yeah, and by the way, you're still in the game. Go sit on jury and make, you know, you know, some, uh, <laughs> make some decisions as to what you're going to see next." It just was crazy to me, and uh, kudos to her again for just being able to handle that. And then as far as the episode goes. She was t- robbed of the, uh, you know, her uh, ending little comments. You know, every person that gets voted out of the show, usually over the end credits, we kind of hear their little goodbye message. And uh, this week, of course, they gave it to Michael, uh, who deserved one as well, of course. And because of his popularity, maybe they thought that was all that was needed. But Jenna didn't even get to give us a little, you know, goodbye. So, you know, just... All across the board, uh, and she's you know doesn't get her own Ponderosa video. She's got to share it with Michael. She's not complaining about any of this, by the way. Just I am. I just feel bad for Jenna in some of those ways. But Jenna is now part of the jury as well. In general, this episode, uh, I liked it a lot. I was a big fan of this episode. Maybe my favorite of the season. I thought it was a nice jolt, uh, a nice surprising twist, a new twist that we haven't seen, and one that I actually liked. The idea that two tribes uh, would, you know, temporary tribes of five would get split up and that they would vote two people out. Uh, just a good, solid game move that really did throw everybody off. Granted, the result was probably the same as you might expect. You know, in the end, uh, two Malolo, you know, minority people were voted out of the game. Typically, at the end of the season, you might get a double episode or something because they want to run through some predictable you know, vote outs. And so you might get some edits, you know, that, you know, kind of make you believe that there's some things going on, but in genuine, in, in actuality, there's nothing going on and they just, you know, need to get through some of these predictable votes. This week though, the predictable votes happened, but they were not predictable by any stretch of the imagination. I love the twist. It threw everything uh, for a loop. Uh, and, you know, Michael just, you know, they had to get Michael out at some point again. He, the guy was just had too much going for him. Everybody in the world would have voted for him to win the game, and there's no reason to leave him in the game at, at the point that they did. 
with those two gone now, you know, Malolo is down to uh, just Laurel and Donathan. Uh, we have eight players left in the game, and uh, there are just two regular episodes leading into the uh, Survivor finale, uh, which is on May 23rd, by the way. It's a two-hour finale and live reunion show, just like always. But, yeah, I mean, we're getting down to the wire here, guys. And Laurel and Donathan, the only two Malolo standing, and they're the two that, of course, had this whole secret alliance going the whole time with Dom and Wendell. That foursome, of course, really is the power alliance in the game. Uh, and now, you know, I feel bad for Kellen uh, because what's happening now is with four, you know, you basically have an alliance of four with eight players in the game. So this next tribal is going to be crucial because you got four and four. Uh, Navidi is going to break up, though, and it's going to happen. The band is breaking up. Navidi Strong is is no longer happening. Uh, but you got Kellen, and then you got two players, just kind of enigmas, really three, but you got Angela, Chelsea, and Sebastian, the th- all three of which uh, have not really shown a ton of in-game awareness. You know, they're all likable. They all have their things going. But but if I was a betting man right now, just based on the way that the show has been edited, the way that the, the characters have been presented to us, you know, on one side you got Laurel, Dom, uh, you got Laurel, Dom, and uh, Donovan and Wendell. All four of them we feel like we know and we've seen a ton of on the show. Uh, I'm going to bet that they're going to come out on top of this four versus four duo. Kellen is in trouble. She's the only real big, huge threat out of that other four. And uh, I could see them targeting Kellen and then just kind of picking off, you know, Sebastian, uh, you know, Angela, maybe Chelsea. Although Angela and Chelsea are also those players that might be, you know, perfect candidates to kind of bring to the end. And they, uh, once, you know, they have all their allies taken out of the game, uh, they might be a great extra vote, you know, if if indeed, you know, Laurel is going to try to, break up Dom and Wendell at some point. You got Dom and Wendell both with an idol. Donathan used his idol at this last tribal. Uh, I thought he had to. I kind of thought that this was a tough week for Donathan in a lot of ways, but, I mean, what are you supposed to do there? He's on an, he's on a tribe with three other people that are not in his alliance. He knows that it's him or Jenna. He cannot use the idol on Jenna. I mean, that just would be a ridiculous, terrible move. And you can't risk going home with the idol in your pocket, can you, at this point? So I just think, and again, if, if, you, if he really feels secure with Wendell and Dom and Laurel, he must know that there's two other idols in that group of people, and he just needs to get through this little, you know, tribal, you know, breakup. So I think it was a good thing, but he uses his idol. Uh, Kellen uses her double vote, which is tragic to me, uh, simply because her double vote next week would have been huge. Uh, again, it, it's a 4-4 vote with Kellen on the opposite side of things. That extra vote could have meant everything. Uh, but they, she no longer has that. She got paranoid. Uh, and that's a couple times now that Dom has tried to talk some sense into her. And she has not uh, been able to kind of get her uh, paranoia in check. The big X factor here uh, is the thing that I've been you know, kind of getting mad at all, all year long, which is the Ghost Island twist. Yeah, we, we did not have Ghost Island this past week, but it doesn't mean that Ghost Island is not still in the game. So 
there's a lot that could still happen with Ghost Island. There's a lot of relics that we haven't maybe seen. Uh, maybe comment and tell me what you think some of them are, guys. You know, some things that we haven't seen yet that maybe should be popping up on Ghost Island still. And, uh, you know, a lot of game left. But it's going to be a showdown between those those teams of four. That is my prediction. And, uh, again, just the way that it's been put together, I believe that, you know, Dom Wendell, Laurel, and Donovan are most likely going to come out on top. So, again, we're getting close to it, and uh, we're going to start doing some predictions and stuff after next week. Uh, but before we do any of that and before we talk about next week and uh, before we talk about some movie stuff, uh, I have some movie news again, as I always do. And uh, we're going to get into these interviews. So uh, the first one I'm going to be talking to today is Jenna Bowman. She was voted off first tonight. And uh, my interview is uh, coming up right now with her. And then stick around after the Jenna interview because I will be talking to Michael. And uh, it's going to be a great conversation you're not going to want to miss. So R.I.P. Jenna, R.I.P. Michael. Hopefully we've gotten through it now. We've talked a little bit about it. We've we've dealt with our emotions, and we've come to a better place. Uh, with that, let's get into my first interview with Jenna. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli, and make sure you're following my Survivor Recaps on RealityT.com. Okay, let's do this. Hey, Tom. Hey, Jenna. How's it going? Good. How are you today? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm in the Detroit area, and I know that's where you're from, so I was cheering for you this season. Oh, no way. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, where'd you grow up? Uh, Birmingham. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm in, like, Sterling Heights area. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. I missed it there a little bit. I haven't been home in, like, nine months. <laughs> well, it's a good time to come now that the weather has gotten slightly better. But, uh, anyways, let's get to your <laughs> your story here. Uh, you know, the... the uh, your whole season, like, you just seem to, like, never be able to get a break. You know, you, you kept getting the short end of the stick. Uh, you get, kept getting put in the minority uh, of the of the twists. Uh, mm-hmm. And then all through that, uh, you didn't even, at the very end of your game, you, you were sent directly to the jury, didn't even get to kind of decompress and, and leave the game and kind of come out of the game. You were put right back into it. Uh, what was that? What was that like just to kind of have to experience that, like, the way you did? It was, you know, it it was difficult. Um, at the time, you know, when it was all happening, it was just so fast. And I just, I don't know, I feel like I honestly just wasn't really processing, wasn't paying attention. I was, you know, pretty infuriated. I'd just been blindsided by someone, you know, that I trusted. Got And then all of a sudden, you know, you're tortured enough, you have to turn around and, you know, sit on the bench in front of, and as they're all exiting, you know, look in the eyes of everyone that just betrayed you and that, you know, voted you out. So it was, it was hard, and then to top it off, you have to sit there and all of a sudden be in juror mode and have everyone just walk in and see that you just got voted out and, you know, all you want to do is try to go process everything and, you know, decompress and even maybe cry or whatever you need to do. And then and then on top of it, you know, I have to sit there and watch, you know, my fellow Alliance member, Michael, get voted out too. So, you know, it was a hard night. And you even mentioned it there too, but like when Michael gets voted out, everybody seems to give him like the royal exit. They give him, they all stand up and give him a hug. And you commented like, "Oh, I didn't get get that." Like, do you feel like people just didn't respect your game out there? Um, I think I just said that as more of like, I don't know. I think I, I don't, I don't. Again, I think I was just so lost at that point. At that point, <laughs> what's going on and just so many emotions. 
Um, I think I just said that, like, as a joke. But, I mean, props to Michael. Like, you know, he is just so respected and just such an amazing guy and player. And I think he left the game just, you know, so amazingly. And, like, he's perfect. Um, I think my tribal was just – I think it was just bitter as to how – not only did I get voted out, but just in the manner of it. It was just like an awkward, quick tribal. No one really had an opinion. It was just, you know, it, it didn't. It wasn't the best goodbye, I guess. When you say that you were betrayed, are you referring to whom exactly? Um, Sebastian. So, yeah, you guys obviously had a, a relationship, and, and, and according to all reports nowadays, you guys are still in a good relationship. Is that correct? Yeah, so it was, you know... The reason I thought that Jonathan was going home that night was just because based off conversations that we had had the day before was, you know, he basically said, you know, we're voting Jonathan, you're here, I want you here to see your father tomorrow because, you know, we were under the impression that it was going to be loved one visit. Mm -hmm. And he knew how important that was to me. And I didn't think that somebody that I'd become that close with would really dangle that and use that as, um, you know, a tool to blindside me. So it was, I was just really hurt by the extent that he went to, to, you know, end up voting me out. Was it, at what point did you realize that he had betrayed you? Was it when the votes were actually read or, or before that? Because you also cast your vote for him, didn't you? I actually voted for Donathan. So oh, for Donathan. Was, okay. It was kind of, yeah, it was like weird because, you know, I, we got back and I had two, two options basically. So every I tried getting the Navidi to flip on one another. Um, but again, they say Navidi strong. So then my next strategy was, okay, you know, Donathan, you know, he has an idol. I was like, and I'm just, I wasn't close with Donathan. They didn't show that as well. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a relationship with him. I didn't trust him. I knew that he was playing both sides with Nabidi. So when, you know, they came, I said, they said they're willing to vote Donathan. I said, let's do it. I'm going to act like it's me. So he doesn't play his idol for himself and he feels secure. And then, you know, plan B was he came up to me and said, I'll play the, the idol for Sebastian. Uh, and I'll play it for you. Cause, you know, and then we had to vote Sebastian. So that was like my second um, you know, security blanket where I felt like, okay, if I did a good job, this kid's going to give me his idol or they'll vote for him. You know, so either way, I feel like I was going to be safe. So it wasn't, you know, obviously when it, the vote came on me, I wasn't really expecting it. Uh, talk a little bit more about, more about your connection with, with Sebastian. What, uh, what kind of draws you to him and what kind of bond did you guys form out there? Um, honestly, he's just – it. Sebastian is so far away from the type of guy I had ever known or been with. And I think just being on an island experience, um, it was just, a you know, in such a game where everyone's just, you know, being manipulative and it's just stressful. He was just a breath of fresh air. You know, he's, he's just so positive and just always looking to have a good time. And I'm, you know, the exact opposite. I think I was just drawn, like opposites attract. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just been, it's been just a really good relationship. So. And can you give us any insight on him, him as a survivor player? Because, you know, on the show, you know, we, we haven't gotten a lot from him as far as his strategy or his kind of mindset mm -hmm. um, and you being close to him. Was he more strategic in the game than he's being portrayed? Um, it's not, it's hard. Like Sebastian knows the game and, um, you know, he obviously knows how to work relationships and, and knows how to maintain staying under the radar and just, floating by but you know in terms of ever leading any strategy or um you know creating any type of big moves i think he was starting i think he was you know i think he started doing more towards the end mm -hmm. but no i don't you know i think everyone's seeing basically you know really what he did up to now was just really lay low and just you know be funny 
So, you know, d- d- despite uh, the fact that, like I mentioned, you, you kind of always seem to be, you know, you couldn't really get your footing in the game because you kept getting placed in minority, you know, situations. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, you didn't have a single vote against you up until you did, <laughs> which, you know, and which put you to jury. What was your, how did you feel like your game, like, were you surprised that you never were able to kind of uh, get that upper hand in the game? And w- how challenging was that for you? Yeah, I think, you know, my run on Survivor was not really what I expected it to be. Um, I really hoped that I, you know, I was casted to be more of a likable villain character, and I definitely never got to be the villain I really wanted to be. Um, I never really had control. Um, I, I, I just couldn't control anything. And being on the bottom, you don't, you know, not having the security or the numbers or anything, you know, your gameplay is literally just trying to stay in the game. You know, your game mm-hmm. is literally just trying to suck up to people and maintain those relationships and just make sure that you're, you look, you're looked at just as, you know, one more boat better than someone else. And that's really was like my strategy. And, you know, whether it was because I looked the least strategic or the least, you know, threat, and that's why I was pulled along or because, you know, in my mind, I think I, you know, did a good job with just maintaining relationships and working hard. And when the vote did come to it, you know, if I had to vote for somebody um, in my alliance to make it the next day, I did. So, you know, I think, you know, there takes skill to get how far I did, you know, but at the same time, yeah, it sucks. I mean, I, I have zero moves. I didn't, like, get to play the game, as you know, in my mind. Uh, your Ponderosa video was awesome, though, by the way. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I thought, it was, I thought it was hilarious, and I thought it was interesting because I felt like, and again, I'm not, I don't mean this in any bad way, but I felt like in that Ponderosa video, we got to see more of your personality in that video than we did through most of the, the season. Um, did you, Absolutely. F- yeah, uh, talk about just also your, you know, I guess your, everybody talks about their portrayal and their edit, so to speak, uh, but just kind of talk about that and, and kind of the sides of you that you wish were, would have been shown and that you wish we would have all seen. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm honestly so proud of the Ponderosa video. Like when it came out last night, it was like, oh my God, that felt so good to finally see myself <laughs> in my true self because me watching the show is painful. You know, I'm sure. I'm so censored. I'm I'm honestly just like, I don't look like I'm present just because I'm, I think I was trying to censor myself so much because my personality can be overbearing. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think I was just so on the bottom and I was so just distraught day after day that I just, I didn't feel like I could be myself because I just, I didn't have the confidence, you know, I just, mm. I, I felt like I was just honestly floating by. And so seeing, I think I, that's why like when I did get voted out, it was like, it was obviously sucks, but it was just a sense of relief. Cause I like finally could just like laugh and crack jokes and be myself. And you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I wish America could have seen that. So I'm <laughs> glad that it made Ponderosa at least, but yeah, it was sad that my edit didn't get either, you know, a manipulative really strategic player or just like, you know, my personality. And then how cool was it that you did actually get to see your family member uh, at Ponderosa, though? It was honestly the best thing like I've ever experienced. Like mm-hmm. Still to this day, I'm so grateful that CBS and Jeff Probst and everyone approved that because, you know, and sharing it with Michael and just having all of our family there and just, you know, it was so much fun. It made it okay. Like getting voted out in the way we did, it was like, you know, a shitty experience. Mm-hmm. But knowing that we got to spend two hours, you know, with our family on Ponderosa versus the four minutes that you get, you know, on the TV show, it made it like, it made it the thing. You know, it took away some of the things. 
And in general, do you like the idea of that? Because there are some other, you know, former cast members and stuff like that that kind of uh, make a big deal about, you know, you know, you shouldn't be able to see your loved one unless you actually make that point in the game because it's such an iconic point in the game. As a fan of Survivor, can you separate yourself and see? Uh, do you agree with that argument as far as like allowing people to see their loved ones at Ponderosa? Yeah, honestly, now that, you know, I was reading a few tweets earlier, and now that you're saying that, I mean, as a fan, you know, it sucks for the people that don't get it, and, um, you know, that's something that you work for in the game to get to that point. So knowing that, you know, it still happens even if you just get voted out, I think it does take away a little bit from the game, but, you know, at the same time, I'm just so grateful that it did happen to me. Like, sure. it, it, it really helped me, so it's hard for me to say that, like, you know, I, I don't think it should happen. You know, and, and as you know, I'm sure, and it's been out there, you know, again, you're, you have, you you were in a relationship with, with Sebastian. You guys have, like, an Instagram account. It's kind of been all over Twitter and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I thought, also thought it was funny that, um, <laughs> you know, not only does he vote for you, um, in the Ponderosa video, you also mentioned that he called you uh, Chunky at the beginning of the game <laughs> and then hot and hot now. Uh, not the best light for Sebastian. How, uh, how long did this take you, though, to kind of get over it, uh, uh, that that feeling of betrayal with him and actually kind of look forward to your real relationship with them? Um, it wasn't, it didn't take like as long as I thought it did. I think me going right to the jury kind of helped me make that transition and just, you know, I wasn't as bitter as I thought I would be just because I think mm-hmm. I just had to move on so quickly and it was like, okay, that happened. But now like I'm back in the game. Um, but then, you know, yeah, out of the game, like last, I guess everything's been fine. Like out of the game, we've talked about it. If, it, if we bring it up, he just kind of, you know, changes the subject. And last night it was definitely, um, you know, a talking point again in our relationship. But um, he, everything, everything's been fine. But, you know, dealing with that last night and then also the Ponderosa video with Michael um, and with our scenes, you know, we've had some, we've had our first fight. <laughs> okay. Uh, I won't dig into that any, but, uh, so (laughs) the, uh, the last question I have for you is again, just in terms of, you know, being kind of, um, in the minority through most of the game, was there any point in the game though, where you thought it was a a turning point for you? Like, you know, like my back's been up against the wall, but had this one moment gone a different way, uh, the game would have played out much differently for you. Yeah. I think the biggest, I mean, besides all of the different, you know, swaps that have happened. I think the biggest um, part was when Laurel outed Desiree, when we finally had a Naviti ready to crack. Mm. Um, You know, that was definitely the lightest end of the tunnel for us. Like, that was, like, that was just huge because hearing Naviti strong for, you know, the past 20-some days was literally just, like, it was, at the end, it was just, it was just disheartening. Like, you know, you just honestly felt like there was nothing you could do because everyone was just hiding behind the numbers. Um, and finally having Desiree willing to stick her neck out and take a risk um, to take out a big person was, was huge. And then, you know, obviously Laurel, we didn't, we didn't know that she was working with um, Dom and Wendell at the time. So mm-hmm. um, that was probably just, that was the biggest thing. I think that was our one chance and we blew it. Well, Jenna, uh, I was sad to see you go. Like I said, I've been rooting for you from the beginning, knowing that you were from Detroit. And uh, uh, I do wish you the best of luck, though, with uh, Sebastian moving forward. And uh, good luck to you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Take it easy. There it is. That's my chat with Jenna. And uh, next up, I am going to be talking to Michael. So here's, here's the interview you've all been waiting for. Here you go. How's it going, Tom? Good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Michael. How are you today, man? 
I'm doing well, just chilling. Uh, I'm actually at Chris Noble's apartment right now in the Big Apple, so I'm just hanging. Nice. That's cool. That's good yeah. to hear. You guys are all uh, everybody's friends again, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an awesome group. Really made some good friends through it all, so that's uh, super exciting. Well, yeah, I wanted to talk to you, too, just right off the bat, just about um, your popularity in the game. You're a really rare uh, player in that um, – you know, you, you everybody loves you, <laughs> men, men, women. Uh, people are rooting for you. Uh, people instantly thought of you as like one of the people that they would want to see play again. Uh, you seem to have, you know, all of the things that a survivor player would, would need. You know, uh, you know, social game, uh, physical strength. Um, what has been the reaction like to you? Like, have you felt all that love? And, and kind of how are you handling all that? Jeez, you certainly know how to flatter a guy. Thank you. <laughs> I start Thank off you at the so top much. and then I work my way down. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's perfectly fine. Yeah, no. Um the the love has been amazing. I'm I'm, you know, absolutely humbled and taken back just by um, you know, the response. Uh, you know, I'm so so grateful and and happy that I got to play the game and I'm I'm proud of my game. Um and it's it's just been really nice having, you know, the the survivor community which I've, you know, been a part of and a fan of for so long. Um, it, it's just really full circle for me, you know, uh, as a fan, and, uh, and I couldn't be more more thankful and pleased. Did you find the game to be more challenging than you thought it would be, being a fan of it and coming into it? Um, it, it depends. I think the, the strategic uh, side of it was definitely, you know, the strategic and social part was definitely more difficult than I had anticipated um, you know, some of the, the physical stuff, you know, I didn't know truly how hard it would be. And, and uh, you know, I, I think I'd really prepared myself for the absolute worst case. Um, and, you know, obviously kind of growing up in Boy Scouts and doing uh, some of those different things, I think I was very well equipped for that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I know every season is different. It's harsher conditions and whatnot. And I think we had a, a relatively mild experience out there. Um, so I, I'm, uh, you know, thankful for that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, you know, crazy to to see what the game was truly like when you actually, you know, go go out there in the um, in the wilderness and, and you know fight for your life. You know, a big part of your storyline too this season was your age and you know uh, being the youngest player uh, ever to play the game, but also your decision to kind of uh, lie about that. Uh, Go into your thought process as to um, as to the the lie, and also looking back on it, if you felt like it helped your game in any way, um, or if you know if it was worth it in the end. You know, it's it's a hard call because um, you know, of course, people could see youth as uh, you know a good thing, and they could uh, you know just say, "Oh, he's just a kid," you know, keep him around and not really take me seriously, and. Uh, you know, just think I'm, uh, you know, naive to a sense. So I think that, uh, you know, that definitely could have worked for or against me. But at the same time, you know, I'm not wanting to play the game um, if I don't have a shot of winning. And I, I don't want people to not take me seriously and just, um, you know, discount uh, everything. So going into it, I wanted to maintain the credibility. I wanted to, you know, be be a, a normal guy, normal player without any, you know, uh, preconceived notions that, you know, I, I would be different and stick out for any reason. So um, I, I wanted to, you know, clear the table um, immediately and uh, and just, you know, kind of keep that on the back burner and use it if I needed to. I, you know, I didn't know what the cast would be like. I didn't know how, how they would feel about um, youth, if they would feel insulted or, you know, I just had mm-hmm. to, to judge that. 
And if I had made it to final tribal, you know, I still couldn't even tell you right now what I would have done, whether I would have revealed it or, uh, you know, maintained that lie uh, throughout the, the end of the show. So it's a hard call, but I, I'm pleased with the decision I made. I think I, it definitely um, helped me, uh, you, you know, just looking at the, the game thus far. You know, and the other thing, too, about that is, you know, people, uh, you know, when they're younger in the game, uh, we've seen them struggle with, uh, you know, just that that inexperience, that life inexperience. Uh, and here comes another compliment for you, but you seem to come across as very uh, mature. Like, you, if, if anybody was going to lie about being five years older um, and was able to pull it off, uh, it would have been it would have been you. But did you feel any like inside of yourself out there, even even if you didn't show it to other people? Did you show or did you feel any sort of um, you know that that inexperience of life for having been younger than everybody that was playing the game? Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, I, you know, I'm not at all, you know, trying to say that I, I've had this experience that people have. I think that, um, you know, I might have, uh, you know, a slightly bit more than some people my age. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that, that do- doesn't make up for five years of someone's life. I mean, the, the early 20s are huge for anyone's uh, life. So I think that for me, it was just more a matter of, um, you know, understanding what it's been like for other people and, and trying to relate to them and pull things from their experience and not necessarily build mine, but just um, relate and understand and communicate um, as if I had. And that's, you know, what I did out there. I really uh, was able to, you know, participate in those conversations and give my two cents, even if it might not be, you know, from learned experience, it, it just, uh, you know, might be uh, assumptions or, um, you know, things that I was gauging. And I think that I did a really good job of that, of building those relationships and of, um, you know, uh, building a, a adult relationship per se. So, um, okay. yeah, I think it was uh, definitely hard going into it. And I was definitely challenged at times because um, I've, you know, I've not been married. I haven't had kids. I've not had, you know, a long career just yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, definitely can't make up for that uh, time. But, uh, but yeah, I did, did my best. You know, and so in the game, you know, a big moment early on, of course, you know, you found a couple idols. Uh, the first time you tried using the idol, uh, used it incorrectly, and it ended up uh, sending, um, you know, Brendan home. Uh, th- right. Talk me through that uh, part of the game, like that decision-making, and, and kind of ultimately how you used the idol at that tribal. Yeah, I mean, uh, finding that idol, obviously, I, I really wanted to, to flip the table. I wanted to put, um, you know, the four of uh, Malolo into a power position. I, I didn't want to just, you know, make it through another tribal. I didn't want to be selfish with it. And I really wanted to, to get uh, the numbers going into the merge and maintain that. So um, I knew that that vote was critical. We had to pull it off somehow. And I was just, you know, thinking of every option that, that I could to really stretch the power of it. And, you know, of course, there are other things I could have done or, you know, a different pitch I could have made at Tribal. But, you know, any way you look at it, I think that the uh, the possibility of it working were about the same. It was definitely a toss up. And, uh, and you know, I think we made a valiant effort, uh, gave him hell. And, and we definitely had Bradley, you know, sweating. So um, I'm happy about that. I, I obviously wish that I had judged the reaction differently. Um, and, you know, Brendan had even told me, hey, you know, I, I really thought that, 
um, it was going to be me. I had a conversation with Kellen and she teared up because she knew it was my birthday in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that she really felt guilty for, you know, voting me out that night. So um, I wish I'd listened to Brendan more. Um, but, you know, of course, you can only go off of, uh, you know, what you're thinking at the time. So it's it's hard. But um, but, yeah, we did everything we could. I noticed too that uh, if I'm not mistaken, two out of the last three tribals, you you wrote down Wendell's name. Uh, yeah. were, were you just hoping with the, that vote to kind of just put a spotlight on Wendell? Was there were, were you seeing Wendell as a bigger threat than you think other people were at the time? Yeah, 100. percent I mean, it, it beats me that that nobody was waking up and and nobody was willing to make a move against them while you know while they have numbers. So I, I think that um, you know that's one of the biggest things in Survivor is is acting on um, a move when you have the chance and when the timing's right. And you know, granted, they might have not uh, thought that it was the right timing. So I understand that. But um, I wanted to you know kind of keep digging that in. I wanted people to understand, like, this is who I'm going for. I'm, you know, I'm dedicated to getting him out. I, obviously, he knows I'm gunning for him. That's not going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't, you know, want to burn any other bridges. But each time, you know, I wanted people to see I mean what I say. When I'm trying to make this move and pull together a blind side, I'm going to do it. And, you know, of course, every time people didn't follow along um, and, and make that move, which, of course, is disappointing. And it, you know, uh, makes me look like I'm just throwing a, a fly vote at mm-hmm. sometimes. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was so adamant that we needed to, to get Wendell out of the game. He, he was being very, you know, smooth and charismatic. We, we all knew that him and Dom were close together. We all knew that they had idols. Um, so it, it just absolutely baffles me that people weren't willing to make a move. With I mean, with the exception of Chris and Des. Cause, sure. Um, you know, they completely had thrown themselves out there to, to make that big move. And I love them for it. It, it you know, it's just frustrating that it didn't really get, uh, gain any traction. You were, of course, a big target out there. And, you know, even as the game would go on, you just were surviving. You know, sometimes in, in the game of Survivor, just three more days is really all it ne- all you need to turn it around. Uh, you never know what's going right. to happen. Uh, that being said, we had this big twist last night where, uh, we didn't have you know a full tribal council. We had the two split tribal councils of five. Um, it's obviously yeah. much tougher in a smaller group of numbers. Do you think that you would have had a better chance of making it three more days had there not been that twist, or uh, do you think that you were kind of target number one either way? Yeah, 100%. I think I would have had a better shot. Um, of course, it you know could be an advantage because it gives – you know, better odds and, uh, you know, switches things up for anybody that was in trouble with the big group. But I think, you know, the, the more people that I had to, to pitch myself to and to try and work with, the better. Um, you know, obviously Dom and Wendell are close. I didn't know how close they were with Laurel. Um, you know, it was not a good group for me to be with. I think I would have stood a better chance, uh, you know, with, uh, with, you know, being on the other tribe, maybe even in Jenna's place, who, who knows, but, um, yeah, I, I think that that was a really hard thing that was thrown, you know, in my game uh, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's just how the cookie crumbles. That's what's, you know, so crazy about Survivor. And then you also, we saw a scene where you really were trying to pitch to Donovan, uh, maybe possibly having him use his idol on you. Uh, was that, a, that seemed obviously it was kind of like a last ditch effort, you know, to, to do anything you could to stay in the game. But was there any sort of... Uh, surprised that he decided not to do that 
Well, I, I wasn't trying to get him to play it for me. I just wanted, you know, simply to borrow it, to, to be able to bluff in person, to have something in my hands to show uh, before tribal, because um, that's all I needed. I, I knew that, you know, Kellen had obviously believed my, um, you know, lie about the super idol. I know she was on the fence. She had her um, suspicion, but um, I knew that the person I really needed to sell it to was Dom, uh, Dom and Wendell. They, they're, they both found idols. They know they, um, need to see it to believe it. Um, and if I was able to to use Donathan's to show that, I think we would have easily pulled off a um, you know a vote out for Kellen or Laurel. So um, that's what I was really uh, pitching hard for for Donathan because he had told me previously, you know, I'm willing to play this for you. Um, you know, I want to make a move with it. I want to uh, you know really save us Malolo and and give us a shot, get us to the end. So I didn't think it was a long shot, but um, but yeah, he you know, of course, didn't think that was smart and didn't want it to blow up in his face, so. Sure. Uh, Two, you know, the, we uh, didn't really see this out on in the game on the show, but uh, in watching your Ponderosa video, uh, we kind of learned that uh, there maybe were some sparks flying between you and Libby out on the island. Yeah. Uh, can you give us an update on your relationship with Libby and, and where that went? Yeah, so, I mean, being being on the Malolo Beach with her was fantastic. We, you know, hit it well right off the bat, and, you know, we snuggled up in the shelter every night, had great conversation, and really enjoyed each other. And then, you know, of course, the first swap came, and we were separated, and I didn't see much of her until the merge. And then, you know, it, it had just been, uh, like, spotlight on us, kept, you know, calling us a power couple and, um, you know, saying how dangerous we were. And I'm like, you guys need to open your eyes. Like we, we've not even worked together on a single vote. Um, you know, Dom and Wendell are the ones that are all buddy, buddy. And, and it was just uh, an easy pair for people to, to call a power couple and, uh, and, you know, kind of pin it against us. But, um, you know, I, I obviously was super happy to, to get to go spend time with her at Ponderosa and, um, you know, uh, things are great with us. I've seen her in LA. She's came to, to visit me and, Super excited to see her again here for the finale. So uh, things are going well. Definitely still sparks. Um, cool. And, uh, yeah, I want to see more of her. Hey, good to hear, man. Well, hey, um, my time is pretty much up. Uh, you know, I, I just wanted to tell you, again, it was awesome watching you on the show. And uh, you have a bright future, man. And it was really cool talking to you. Oh, thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate your time and, uh, and all the compliments. And, um, and I'm, yeah, uh, hopeful that I can uh, go finish some business out there one day. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, Michael. Take care, man. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. There it is. Super cool guy. Couldn't hate him if I tried. Uh, we will definitely see Michael play the game again. So, again, do not worry about that. So, coming down the pipe, we have uh, Survivor Episode 12 coming up already. Holy moly. We're getting towards the finale, which is May 23rd. And next week's we we're, as the preview showed, we're gonna see the Navidi Alliance finally uh, fracture, uh, you know, inconsolably. It's going to blow up, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We also have the loved ones episode next week, so bring your tissues. Uh, that's always an emotional episode, and uh, and a big one. So that's all coming up for Survivor. Uh, on the movie front, I know that I had promised a, a podcast dealing with the Avengers: Infinity War. I still might be doing that at some point, but I canceled it this week uh, simply because I had gotten another interview that I had been waiting on uh, that was really cool that's going to be coming out of the podcast in the next couple weeks. If anybody has heard of this, uh, you're in for a treat, but it is, uh, it's a podcast called 
the Worst Idea Ever podcast. And it's done by two New Zealand uh, comedians, uh, Tim Bott and Guy Montgomery. And they, the Worst Idea of All Time podcast, the premise is that they picked a movie. And in the first season, of course, uh, the movie that they picked was Grown Ups 2. Not even Grown Ups 1, but Grown Ups 2. And they review the same movie once a week for 52 weeks for an entire year uh so <laughs> they talk about the same movie they go through a lot of things they've there have now been three seasons of this uh, hit podcast uh they had grown-ups two as the first season sex in the city two <laughs> was the second season of the show and the third season was uh some zach efron movie uh you were my friends or you are my friends or something like that so anyway, I have both Tim Bott and Guy Montgomery uh, that I chatted with. We did a Skype podcast interview, and that's going to be coming out in the next week or two. So look forward to that and uh, check that out. And again, if you don't know about that podcast, I definitely, uh, I definitely recommend it. I also uh, the new show is a hit. It's called Movie Show Plus. It's a weekly half-hour show that I'm producing. Uh, I have a video production company that's producing the show. It's called Movie Show Plus. You can find it at movieshowplus.com. Every week there are celebrity interviews, uh, movie reviews, uh, movie trailers, uh, you know, featurettes, all kinds of stuff dealing with the latest movies that are out. This coming week, uh, this weekend, we're uh, just doing our. We're, it's actually an off week. We're going to be showing uh, the Avengers episode again where there's a ton of Avengers-related content. But on Mother's Day, May 13th, uh, the newest episode will come out, and we'll have interviews with Melissa McCarthy, who is in uh, the new movie uh, Life of the Party. So that'll be one of the featured interviews on on the show on the 13th. So check out Movie Show Plus. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. Check out my reviews. You can follow all of that stuff just by following me on Twitter, and uh, Facebook as well. There's a Movie Show Plus Facebook page. I'm on a show called Critically Speaking in Detroit. I just got I got millions of things going on. Speaking of the worst idea ever podcast, I thought that that was doing a podcast about movies and Survivor. I might want to call my podcast the second worst idea of all time podcast. But anyway, I'm having fun with it. I hope you guys are. That's uh, this special week where uh, with two two people gone. Poor Michael. Poor Jenna. We're down to eight. And uh, let's see what Ghost Island has to offer us next week. Have a good weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you later. Thanks for listening.